Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside Dave. Hello! And who's rocking away there as the song was going. Aaron, how you doing? Hey everybody. Um, yeah, uh, no John tonight. Uh, he uh, messaged about about 45 minutes ago to say that he was unwell. Um, so hope he's feeling better soon. Um, but we have you both returning tonight. Um, you were both missing in action in our last podcast, which was me and John here. Um, Dave, I believe our last podcast you were actually over in Bonnie Old Scotland for a family event. It was. Yeah, um, called the away game. I was just about to say you went to the, the Glasgow game, but uh, when you were in Glasgow, you were actually there as a, as a fan, not as a neutral, which we will come back to later on this podcast. Uh, and Aaron, you were in Boston, I think, for work? I, I was in Boston for work, yes. Um, but I got the rest. I finally, finally, after all those times being away, I finally got to go to uh, a Boston game, which was good fun. And I forgot, and I, I meant to grab it. I, I have the absolute best uh, uh, present that I bought for Theo um, coming coming out of the game. I showed show you it was it's a yeah, Teddy yeah. Zamboni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It's the best thing of it. Like I, I want one of these for the Giants. Thanks very much. We'll, we'll put it in our request. <laughs> Um, and you were in Boston there, obviously as a neutral fan. Um, just you know, you had as a neutral fan. And- I actually think I'm going to need to start like. This is going to sound strange, but like loaning myself out. When you want a team to do badly, <laughs> send send me. Okay. Right. Like so, that was the. There was two games that week. There was the one on the Tuesday, which was against Calgary Flames, and then there was one on the Monday, which was ooh, who was it against uh, Vancouver. Okay. So we went to the Calgary Flame ones, going right there at the bottom of the Pacific League. Boston will will absolutely rock this. No, hammered. <laughs> Boston got the Boston were were played played probably the most uninspiring game they've ever played this season. Um, they got one goal only by the fact that they were um, on a uh, what was it, a three uh, a power play three players to five. <laughs> um, where the then the following uh, on the Thursday night they uh, they beat. Vancouver, no problem, 4-0. So yeah, just send, just send um, me to, was, to the games that you want the teams to, to, get, to lose. That's fine. I was, I was saying, um, I can't remember if I was saying this in the podcast last week, to, or the last podcast to, to John, or if I was in our group chat maybe, but uh, it's definitely one of those uh, arenas. Boston's one of those arenas that I have seen and I've been outside and I've got a picture of me with the statue outside. Uh, Same. Um, but I haven't I haven't actually been in the arena, um, which was I uh, thought you had sad, been in. Was, uh, no, no. When I was there, when I was there, it was um, Thanksgiving. Um, I was there on right. Thanksgiving itself, and yeah, there was no games or anything on. So um, yeah, uh, unfortunately, I didn't catch a game, um, which was sad. But, it was good. Uh, it, was it, it, it had it had uh, similar vibes to um, Vegas. Not not maybe not as grand as the Vegas walk up, but because maybe it's a big walk up because you're bang in the center of the city, where mm. where Vegas was more open. You know, mm-hmm. where where with the in Boston that's in between the, the, the buildings and you're walking up to it and it's really crowded. It was it, it was good. And then of course the arena itself was, was pretty good. Um yeah. pretty awesome. But twenty twenty pound beers, twenty five pound beers is not is not fun. 
Ooh, that's that's pricey. Maybe not twenty five. On, on like, on like Dave, on like uh, Dave, your your adventures to Guildford there, which we hadn't talked about. Obviously, I know John talked about it in the last podcast, yeah. but uh, your adventures in Guildford, uh, the beers there are pretty were cheap. I heard <laughs> they were dirt cheap, but you had to walk up three flights of stairs to get them. <laughs> you walk well, off. you know, it is, good. <laughs> you know, it, it's a leisure center at the end of the day. You know, and then yeah, working. You had to sit, uh, sit and drink online, it. You know. You had to get your beer and sit and what uh, drink it, watching over the pool, which is a bit surreal. <laughs> <laughs> Not even a lion. The pool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, okay, yeah. Where the where the bar is on one side, it's glass on both sides. One side's the drink, the other side's the pool. Really crazy. <laughs> I, I, just, I don't know how to, really know how to react to this. It's an experience. <laughs> Um, guys, um, if it's happy, if you guys are happy enough, um, I'm gonna get on with the, this week's show. Um, if you haven't, if this is your first podcast, if it's the first time you've joined us, uh, our podcast uh, covers uh, stories from around the world um, in three different periods, just like a, a game of hockey. Uh, it's a topical podcast um, where we just talk about any stories that have, um, I suppose, caught our attention over the course of the last two weeks since our last recording. Um, we start off our show as we always do, and we take a look at the league standings, followed by the NHL standings as they currently are on. February 21st, I want to say. 22nd. February 22nd at 23rd if you're listening to this because it's Friday. If you're listening to it, but if you're watching this live, it's obviously a Thursday. Anyway, confusing. Uh, But we'll get stuck in and we'll look at the Elite League and look at the standings as they currently are. Sitting first in the top spot still uh, is the Sheffield Steelers with 38 games played at 69 points. The Cardiff Devils follow in second with 38 games played at 55 points. The Belfast Giants have moved back up into third place with 38 games played at 46 points. And Guildford moved down into fourth with 39 games played at 44 points. Coventry Blaze sit in fifth with 38 games played at 42 points. Dundee are in sixth with 39 games played at 38 points. Manchester are in seventh with 39 games played at 38 points. And the Glasgow clan hold in the eighth spot there at the, with 39 games played at 37 points. Uh, the five Flyers are in ninth still with 41 games played at 35 points. And the Panthers are sitting bottom with 37 games played and 33 points. Uh, boys, um, it's been a while since I've got your opinions on the league standings. Um, do you have a nose particularly for yourself? Um, you haven't been with us for, um, I think, maybe two podcasts, maybe. Two but podcasts but, yeah, so it would be kind of good to get your thoughts on this. But uh, Sheffield Steelers sitting top, um, significant point difference there between yeah. first and second. Uh, Cardiff obviously went on a really nice run of form there, uh, putting it was 12 games together of a run, um, being defeated there last night in Nottingham. Um <laughs> Your thoughts, Sheffield, 69 points, 38 games played, um, another month and a bit to play. Yeah, it's nice It's nice to see the games played now starting to even out. For a while there, there was you know crazy numbers on, on either side of it, and you didn't know who had played what, and who was still, still due. Um, Steelers this year are uh, a force. Um, they're they're phenomenal to watch, um, and um, they're just scoring goals for fun, and I think that's probably going to continue through to the end of the season. Um, they've clinched their playoff spot, which is good for them. Happy days. Um, Cardiff as well. You know they they've done what Cardiff is always uh, a challenger, or they at least have been the last few seasons, um, and it's it's great to see. At least them pushing because there's a bit of a gap now between them and uh, second and third. Um, I think it's 
really a two horse race at this stage. Um, you know, if something goes wrong at Sheffield, uh, Cardiff might be able to pounce on it. Um, it's going to be a tough ask for anybody at the moment, but never say never and all that. Um, and we'll just see how the, the rest of the year pans out. It's been um, definitely pretty eventful. The, the As you see, the stats, they all sort of condense, get closer together after that second uh, and the third it's, and the third and downwards. It's interesting you, you went for first to Cardiff. To, to one, the first I actually thought it was more of a fight between Devils and, and the, the Giants, to be fair. It was a fight for second place at this stage. But, of course, um, I would all for the Cardiff to, to prove me wrong. Yeah, and yeah, it was I good mean, to it's, see. It's, it's... Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Um, yeah, so, and it's uh, it was good to see like when I was away uh, watching watching Glasgow. Um, as much as we uh, won the game and, and ran away with it near the end, the that team is really good. They they took an early three goal leads in the first I think ten minutes. You know, so they can put the the puck in the net. Um, so their league position doesn't really show their capabilities. So you never know. With the, are they still in the? In, are they still in for the challenge, Challenge Cup, or am I? Mm-hmm. So no, Challenge yeah. Cup is uh, Guildford and it's Guildford and Cardiff. Um, I guess what I was going to say there. Um, sorry for putting in Dave. What I was going to say was, um, and it kind of coming back to something you were saying there, Aaron. The Sheffield Cardiff De- um, and Giants kind of you know one, two, and three there. I, I get what you mean about the Cardiff Devils and the Belfast Giants kind of you know uh, still fighting for that second, third spot. But at this t- at this stage, I I just think I just think that the Giants don't have the capability to catch up with the Cardiff and the Sheffields. Um, in terms of Sheffield yeah. and, and Dave, what you were saying there, in terms of that top spot and kind of like, you know, um, is it is there close enough for Devils to kind of catch up with the she- if Sheffield kind of, you know, if the, if, I suppose if the, the train comes off the tracks there. It's very hard to see that at this point um, of Sheffield kind of doing something that's going to be so... Now, don't say never say never because obviously we've seen that happen in the past. But um, at this stage, you know, when we think about the fact that we're now towards the end of February, we've got one more weekend. We've got two weekends left. Think of February technically. Um, I just think you know we've only got one full month then after that March and what one one weekend get one weekend in April. So we've got like literally about eight weeks, maybe max of play left in this league uh, before we hit the playoff run. And I just I just don't see it. Um, I suppose that brings us to the next question then. You know, obviously, I feel they're in the running for Challenge Cup still. They're in the Challenge Cup final against Guildford. Um, and obviously the talk is, you know, Belfast Giants did it last year of the domestic treble. Um, and Sheffield obviously getting a lot of pressure put on their shoulders already for the fact that, like, you know, they've been dominant in the league. They're in the Challenge Cup final. And people are saying this is the best team that's been put together you know, playoffs and stuff. But, you know, I guess, is there, is there a thought in the process in that, you know, Cardiff and Belfast are kind of giving it their all and therefore potentially comes to playoffs could give them another, a different run for their money when it comes to playoff hockey? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it could. Uh, Go ahead, um, Yeah, it could. It, it's playoff hockey it can go, go anyway. Um, it's all, all bets are off, especially that weekend. Um, you're sitting... Um, you go into the game, anybody anybody can win it. Um, that's why it's been so hard for teams to um, come away with the treble. Um, it's you know it's, it's so difficult for a reason um, because you go into that uh, Nottingham weekend and all it takes is one one bad shift, not even one bad game, one bad shift, 
uh, and that you that you gone, it's your season over. Um, so yes, it's possible that team can do it. It's also possible they could walk away with just the the league, or they could walk away with nothing. Um, so it's not it's not over till it's over, as they say. They seem yeah, to be doing right. well with the pressure at the moment, though. Yeah. No, definitely. You know, yeah. as, as more like touch wood. Well, no, not no, not touch wood. Let, let the wheels come off. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, yeah, they seem to be doing all right with the pressure. And as Cam already alluded to, like there, there's a precedent set from last year that the Giants can do it. So maybe they are right to prove themselves. So, so but. The, the biggest pressure, pressure they team. have that they have well not that they have the biggest pressure the Steelers has is for uh, Aaron Fox. Um, that's a uh, um, he's third year, um, no trophies, so like he's he'll want to take away everything. Um, and this is it looks like he's definitely uh, obviously top contender for the league, probably tops the uh, top contender for the Challenge Cup, and then we'll see how the the playoff goes. But he's sort of justifying. His career in Sheffield, um, you know. So the, the if you look at if you take the Giants as an example, if you were to compare his first three seasons with Steelers to Adam Keefe's three seasons for the Giants, I know which one I would be taking because um, the Giants won two out of two. They won two championships in that year, those years. So, yeah. Um, so that sort of he's got big shoes to fill if he's wanting to compare himself to Kiefer. And it's crazy to think that we're talking, you know, obviously, you know, we're talking about Aaron Fox there and about how, um, you know, obviously that'll be, this would be a, a phenomenal season for him in terms of, you know, his third season in and, and getting, you know, basically walking away with silverware and it's taken him three seasons. Cause if we think like, you know, we were, when we were playoffs there, um, last April, um, the conversations were being had and the rumors were being very put out there after a very different about Aaron Fox, whether or not he would be getting another season with the Steelers. And there was a whole conversation around whether or That's not he'd be let go. Oh yeah, and it's just it's so it's so funny to be sitting here now, you know. Uh, Didn't he uh, walk off before the the end or something like that as well? Like that was a, oh, yeah, a major yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he didn't. Yeah, he walked off at the, towards the end um, of the game, and um, well, I think it was a third place game, wasn't it? I think, but it was still kind of one of those. Where one of his main players was one of his main one of his main players was retiring, and I suppose that was why people were kind of a bit like upset with how, how it all happened. Um, but anyway, um, we'll see what happens, and by the time it comes to the next podcast, we'll probably have a bit of a better understanding whether or not anybody's been able to catch up with the Steelers, um, because I don't think they will. So you might honest. see it more of a fight between Belfast. Guilford and Coventry then for third for third place. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. I think I think where we're currently sitting is first and second. I think are kind of um, cemented. I think that's kind of how they're going to end the season. And I think the question will be who ends in that third, fourth, and fifth spots. And I think you know, um, while I would like to see the Giants still hold on to that third mm-hmm. spot, we we know that the Giants will have a well, you know, they're gonna they're gonna come up against the, the Steelers at the end of the season. Um, and whether or not the Steelers turn up, because obviously if they've already cemented the league and they've already, you know, kind of, I'm not saying they wouldn't turn up, but you know what I mean? You know, there's other things, yeah, you know, yeah. stranger things have happened. But uh, yeah, I think that third and fourth, particularly Belfast and Guildford and obviously Coventry to an extent, I think there's still going to be a bit of a fight there for three, four and five. Um, look at the mm-hmm. bottom though. Guys, just get your thoughts. You know, obviously we've got the Glasgow clan sitting in eighth spot and Manchester sitting at seventh, 38 points and 37 points apiece. And then the Flyers are sitting in ninth with 35 um, and Nottingham in 10th with 33. Um, are we likely to see 
those last remaining playoff spots switch around in any way? Or do we think that's kind of like where we were seeing those teams finish at the end of the season? Dave? It's going to be... Uh, it's, I want to say we'll see shifts. shifts. Um, I want to see Nottingham pull off that bottom. It's going to be tough for mm-hmm. them. Um, I, I think that team being through the ringer, they, 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 I think they deserve a playoff spot. Just give them a, a fit and send off in the final weekend if it was possible. Um, but play-wise, they haven't been consistent enough um, and this exact same issue with the the Flyers the, they've been some nights they've been phenomenal like, one yeah. of the, like I've watched them play and they've been brilliant they've played like um, a team possessed and then some other nights they just just don't hack it and that's the the consistencies letting uh, letting both those sides down um, the and as I said the Glasgow clan that team is is really good um, and they're really quick and physical, um, and I would have expected them to be be higher if I was just going on watching them play. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, Aaron, anything to add to that before we move on? No, just just kind of uh, echoing what, what uh, Dave was saying about Nottingham. Um, I could see them coming up from from tenth place. You would like to see them get even higher, um, but they've got what they've got four games in hand from from yeah. the five players, so you can see that going up. Um, I moving on from them. It's good to see Dundee up at, at least sixth. So it is that's that's uh, a, a big change from the previous season. So I think I, I think I've said that like for the last four or five podcasts in a row that I've been on. It's like look look at Dundee <laughs> being yeah. up there, getting so, lightheaded uh, there. I yeah. mean, it, 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 I suppose when it comes to Dundee, you know, it is kind of their their kind of thing would be, you know, small gains. They did say this year, kind of obviously this first year into a new coach and a new kind of, uh, you know, leadership there in Dundee. And I suppose it's kind of like small gains over the course of, of this year, I suppose is a positive thing for them in some ways. Um, so I'd agree with you. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I expected maybe one of the other Scottish teams maybe be just slightly further ahead by this point of the season. Um, I think those big things being claimed about Glasgow are originally the massive um, <laughs> at the start of the season, and I think that hasn't really panned out maybe as as they would hope as they were hoping for. Um, was it but, Glasgow you know, doing the gold um, chains? Who, who was doing? Was it Glasgow? No, it was, massive Cardiff, doing the gold? it was Cardiff. It was Cardiff. That was Cardiff. No, it was Cardiff. Oh yes, with Cardiff. the new logo. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <Sorry>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Any excuse to talk about um, this? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, and I'm going to switch my attention across the water. And we're going to take a quick look at the NHL and the current standings over there in the wild card spots as of February um, 21st again. Yes. Yes. 22nd. 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 Oh my God. Um, anyway, Eastern Eastern Conference and Atlantic Division. The Boston Bruins still sit top with 57 games played at 79 points. The Florida Panthers are in second place, close at ha- close by, actually with 56 games and 78 points. And the Toronto Maple Leafs sit in third with 55 games played and 70 points. In Metropolitan then Division, we've got the New York Rangers sitting 56 games played, 77 points in first place there. The Carolina Hurricanes are in second with 55 games played, 71 points. And the Philadelphia Flyers are still holding their spot there in third with 57 games played and 67 points. Two wildcard spots held by Tampa 
uh, and Detroit at, the, at this time. Uh, over the other side of the country, in the western side of things, in the central division, Dallas All, Dallas Stars, I was about to say All-Stars, the Dallas Stars are sitting in first with 57 games played for 76 points. The Colorado Avalanche are in second with 57 games played at 74 points. And the Winnipeg Jets are in third with 54 games played at 73 points. Pacific division then, the last division is Vancouver Canucks sitting in first with 58 games played at 80 points. The Vegas Golden Knights are in second with 56 games played at 70 points. And the Edmonton Oilers are in third, 53 games played, 68 points. The wild card spots currently held by the LA Kings and St. Louis Blues. Um, let's go back to the uh, eastern side of things. Um, and obviously then, you know, you were seeing, you see, you, you've seen the Bruins that are playing, um, Aaron, and um, they've been having a, quite a dominant season again this this year. Um, I mean, from the, from the game... You watched. Um, obviously, they lost in that game. You wouldn't have thought um, it. You wouldn't have thought it. They, honestly, uh, I would have more than happy been just being at home watching the Giants game, uh, <laughs> watching that team. Now, sorry, the experience was amazing, and go, going to an NHL game was so much fun. But the the, the team themselves were were not inspiring at all that night. Uh, it's so it's so mean saying that, but. Uh, I think I just picked the wrong night to go. <laughs> so I did. Oh. Um, Dave, um, obviously Boston holding their form there and four planters are kind of creeping up really closely behind them with a game in hand and one point behind there. Um, they've also got a massive 0.51 goal difference um, and they seem to be have kind of came out of nowhere and kind of crept in there this season, having performed quite well. Um, I mean, any other yeah. teams caught your attention when you start seeing teams like um like florida you know started getting stringing wins together you're talking six wins in the trot there but uh new york rangers in my opinion have like found an extra gear Um they have really started to string the wins together i think they're coming in on eight wins uh on the trot um and it's the, i'm never a fan of watching the, uh, mm-hmm. Been seen the Rangers play. I went to the Mass Square Garden, but it, it's not a team I would be rooting for. Put it that way. Um, it's uh, but it's it's nice to see them in the top uh, the top tiers um, again because for a very long time there they were extremely mediocre. Um, I come come from a wild fan. I know what mediocre is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but yeah. So it's been interesting. Um, on other news, I- though the. Minnesota Wild had a roller coaster of a few few matches. <laughs> I went to say I was I was, I was in a, on a on a meeting yesterday, and one of the guys was wearing a Wild uh, jersey. Um, and of course, this guy lives in Minnesota, and we were talking about that game. He was at it. Oh, was he? <laughs> and and he, he was just like the atmosphere was absolutely insane in that third period. Oh, Sorry, you yeah. might need to set, shed some light onto that particular was game. The um, Canucks? No, was it Canucks? I've That's got some. Um, and it was down five one um, at one point, and then the Wild went on to win it nine. Yeah, it was something nine, seven or something, was it? Or five, ten, seven, ten, seven, ten, seven, yeah, ten, seven. 
Yeah, um, exactly. and it, it was just and it was like three goals in the first in the lat in the third first starting thirty period third period, and like the five minutes there was like four goals or something daft. It was it was bonkers. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's not something you'd want to watch all the time, but as a one off, it was uh, it was fab, <laughs> and it was a late yeah. or an early uh, face off, so I got the watch the the vast majority of it, which was great. <laughs> Normally, you don't get, I love I got to see more. Got to see more wild goals in that one game than I've seen all season. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to mention, obviously, the wild. Obviously, they have kind of um, had a small bit of run of form. Um, obviously, the last podcast we were chatting, you weren't here, Dave. But uh, the Minnesota Wild were sitting down, I think, in eighth spot, moving up now into fourth spot there. Um, and Nashville obviously have moved down from second wild card spot into third, unfortunately. But uh, Aaron, coming to you, coming to, come to you. There is, and we always talk about how tight that that, that that division is, and we always talk about how 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 quickly things change there. Um, but Aaron, coming to you, Philadelphia Flyers still sitting there in third place in the Metropolitan Division, holding their own. Um, I'm, I'm in playoff play hockey this season. Too my, I don't even know if I want to talk about it. I talked, <laughs> as I said earlier, as if I watch games, it's just it's, it's they're going to lose. Um, <laughs> so I'm, yeah, it, it's. It's a fair difference than the last couple of seasons of the of these podcasts that we've been talking about. Mm, They've always yeah. been, as Dave said, we've been used to mediocre, um, and I'm always in the corner going, "Oh, here, this is the season, lads. This is the seasons." It's scaring me now because we're actually uh, we're still, we're keeping that third position. You'll have to start watching uh, Preds games to give the the wild a chance and just to make uh, <laughs> make, uh, make, make our extra friend go. Slide, slide us twenty quid, Dave, and I'll, I'll start yeah, watching yeah. some Preds games. <laughs> <laughs> um, and obviously Toronto holding their their space there their their spot there in third still. Um, similar to the last podcast we were recording, uh, Austin Matthews still doing some beautiful things there in Toronto. Uh, I think he's now on fifty one. 51 goals 51 as of last night, I think, or 51 as of either last night or the, yeah, last night, I think it was, uh, 51 goals. And I think it's his fifth or sixth hat trick of the season so far. Uh, yeah. he's on fire this season. He really is. I think he's gone for, I think it's going to be a personal best for him this season. Um, and I think there's also talk of, um, the heart trophy and stuff for him as well this season. So we don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Cannot wait to um, see them, all those names play in the Olympics. Yes, you missed that, but we are coming back to the Olympics in period two. Um, so we will have a quick chat about that in period two. Um, we, we, we kind of had a small brief chat about that in our last podcast, but it'd be kind of great to get your thoughts on that because obviously that story did, um, come out just, um, on our last podcast recording, which was obviously the NHL players, um, all going back to the play, uh, uh, the Olympics in 2026. So we will come to that, um, cause we will be talking about Team GB, um, and their success in their, um, stages there. Um, so <coughs> hold that thought and we will come back to it. Um, boys, I think that's it for just uh, our standings. Have we got anything else before we move on to our main episode? No, we're good here. Great. Well, with that, we will get stuck into our main episode when we'll start with period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of stories and news items from close to home here in the UK. Um, not a lot happening this week, boys. Um, it's been a very, very quiet week of news stories um, in terms of big, big news stories in the last two weeks. Um, I suppose the main story was, uh, well, two conversations that were happening online Um and that one was from both stories, I suppose, are coming out of last night's game of Cardiff versus Nottingham uh, in the Nottingham uh, arena. 
the conversation started well the first conversation that was had which we'll come on to in a few minutes because it was a question that was put to us from um on social media and i'll come back to that in a second but the first story was obviously about pete russell uh being ejected from the game uh following the game winning goal for the panthers uh, which was called a no goal on the ice before being overturned um pete then um I suppose uh, showed a bit of uh character character um we've seen it from other coaches across the league but uh, a bit of slamming of doors uh some fighting with refs some yelling going on and he's been ejected from the game do we feel it'll be you know will it be a, a will it be a further investigation a potential um i suppose game ban for for pete coming up what do we think dave personally um yeah why, why not <laughs> Um, and, and why not? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I do love a bit of um, uh, character from my coaches. Um, why? How could I not have been a, a Giants uh, fan? Um, every coach we have had has had at least one meltdown per season. Um, and uh, yeah, that's well, it's part and parcel. Do they usually get a ban? Normally, you get like a misconduct, depending on what you do. The the time. Courtney threw the sticks on the ice. He got a ban. Um, did there was another? Was somebody else threw stuff on the ice? Was that was that Kiefer? Kiefer recently oh, got. Kiefer. Um, I don't know if he got a ban, but did he get one? Did he get one of those non-disclosed fines that they that they yes, talk about? He did. He did. In dops, so um, like a, a fine had to be paid. It was like okay, right? Well, how much uh, that worth? So is that not what this is going to end up being? Like probably, but buy, buy the guy in the dops a, a happy meal and be yeah. done with it. But, <laughs> I've no, I've no. As going forwards, they they probably want to try and stomp it out. I don't have an issue. They get kicked out of the rest of the game. They lose the power to coach the team for that game. Um, so that's usually a big punishment enough. Um, you know, for they went on to lose that game. You know, so that's just uh, just one of those things. Um, but people are freaking out, and some people there's like Isn't two camps. The end, anyway. It was right at the end. There's still a bit to go. Um, he was dejected from the game before the game had finished. There was still a few minutes left of the game to go. Um, it wasn't right at the very tail end. Um, but the question, I suppose, the next question would be to you guys was, if you've seen the video, I mean, what, uh, how, how, I don't feel that there's an argument there to say that it shouldn't have been a goal. It looks like a clear, clean goal to me from watching it back. Um, I, I'm glad that you're asking this question. Obviously, it was disallowed. Yeah. I mean, there, there's not really much of an argument around whether or not a goal, it was a goal or not. I suppose if it went to, you know, goal was scored and therefore either the Panthers maybe have asked for a review of the goal or someone has asked for a review of the goal and it was deemed as a goal then. I mean, it's clear. It's it's. I think it's right in saying that it's clearly, from what I can see, it's a goal. I think there's maybe an argument where they said a player was in the crease or there was a player interference over the goalie, but I don't I don't think so. I, I think it's... I think it's a nice screening across goalie and his skates look, if you look close enough, the skates look like they're outside of the crease as the goal goes in. So I don't really know. Yeah, I thought, uh, I, like I, whenever I watched it back, I thought it was um, a goal all day long. Um, the, the the Devils defenseman did a poor job of managing the crease, basically. Like, if he's got a problem with that, he should have turfed again. Yeah, um, he, I think he's in the crease just before it. Like when he come when when the the Panthers players coming round, there's a little bit of crease time, but that's a good couple of seconds before the actual goal itself. Yeah, 
It's it's always yeah. a hard one because nobody wants to see their their goaltender being impinged, but like he, he wasn't on top of him, um, and he had full wall, whatever their gigs called. Was it wasn't Bounds? Was it? No, no, it wasn't Bounds on. No, it wasn't Bounds on. Um, yeah, um, yeah. You know, he can. He's yes, he can't see the play, but that's because he's being screened. He has nine ninety nine point nine percent of his crease to work with. Um, nobody was taking away his um, the ability to use his stick or his gloves. You know, you know, to be expecting that to be called as a. <laughs> Hmm? He's a good foot. He's a good head taller than the guy in front of him. Yeah, that's <laughs> when he's the, always uh, looking over him. <laughs> and if you're thinking that you're expecting that to be called as a no goal, it seems a bit yeah harsh. Like, yeah. I guess that he, he is up tall. He's not down low. To, to he has to get down to, to get the puck. So but then that, that would be the same if even if he wasn't in the crease by that wee tiny yeah. margin, he would still be in the road, and it still would have been a goal. So. The other then the other story or the other bit that was coming out of social media about this same um, game uh, held in Nottingham last night was this conversation then had has kicked up about uh, whether or not a fan can should or can call themselves a neutral observer of a game um, and attend a game with absolutely no real like you know as a as a neutral if you will um this came because a i think it was a post put out there where sheffield fans were discussing about having about traveling down remember it's an hour down the road from ship between sheffield and Nottingham. it's not that far um and there was a conversation had about sheffield fans traveling down to this nottingham cardiff game to watch the game and to i suppose not not necessarily support the nottingham panthers but i guess to go down and yeah, kind of represent the Sheffield Steelers who are currently sitting top and their nearest contenders in the league at the moment are the Cardiff Devils. And I suppose it was taken from that point of view. Um, some people were saying, well, actually, no, the Sheffield fans are going down and supporting the Nottingham Panthers and therefore, like, hell's freezing over what is going on. I suppose this is a bit, I, suppose, I thought this was supposed to be the biggest rivalry in um, UK ice hockey. Um, that's why I kind of joked around with you guys um, in our opening about you know going to certain games over the past over the past two weeks, um, being neutral fan, neutral support, neutral supporters or non-neutral supporters. What's your take on this? I mean, do, I mean, we've been let's let's put it in context. We have been to the playoff finals weekend uh, in Nottingham uh, a number of times, where the Belfast Giants have either made it to the made it to the semi-finals and got put out during the semi-finals and still went to the final game. We've been to playoff finals weekend where the Belfast Giants weren't even there playing um because they didn't make it to the playoff final weekend and we were there as fans simply enjoying the game. And we've been to NHL games just simply of of teams that we're we don't support simply because it's hockey. We love hockey, and therefore we want to go and have that experience. What's your take on this? I mean, it, it got real people really riled up. Um, Dave, what's your? I mean, what's your thoughts in terms of you know going as a? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, yeah. Go ahead. The, <laughs> also polite. The uh, yeah, though, as a, a I've been to quite a few games where. A, Malmo, um, don't speak the language, and uh, still went to the game. Um, absolutely no skin in the game. Um, I just enjoy watching the sport. Um, you wouldn't say this like people. I this is so this is really random. This is a bit of a side thing. Some other David Eaton on Twitter was talking about this, and yes, I was like, yeah. so I was talking. I asked. I was like, I agreed with him, and he said the same thing. You wouldn't say this about football. 
people go watch football every day, all day, every day, you know, um, just put Sky Sports on and watch football all day. Uh, and they don't, nobody bats an eyelid. But if you're ice hockey, apparently it's more, you know, crime. Know, would they not? I'm sure they would. They, might, they probably do for some games, but the, the, he was saying like if he's he was a Forest fan or something, but you know he would stick on like a you know. But that's that's sticking it on that's sticking it on TV. That's different. There's a difference between sticking it on TV and yeah, but we don't have the choice. Like, as the no, but, that, but that's what I'm saying. Like you would you would watch uh, highlights and stuff like that on YouTube, right? That's like watching it on TV. I think here is that they're actively going. Like as you yeah. said, money like driving an hour down the road and paying money and going to the game. That's yeah. different than just sticking it on the television. Well, I think if uh, Premiership football uh, matches were the same price as um, the Elite League games, I would say you would get people driving a couple of hours down the road and going and watching. Um, yeah, that's the but no, I yeah. like I've been to Mal. I went to Malmo. You've been to um, Gothenburg. I've been to. Yeah, um, no, um, I was just outside uh, Stockholm. I uh, went to Stockholm to see a game there. Um, um, and also, where else? Like, oh, I think we went to two others. Germany, we've done Germany. Um, yeah, 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 I mean, um, you do. You, I, I've uh, scheduled entire holidays around uh, finding <laughs> ice is that Is that different, though? I don't, it doesn't, I think we would go no matter what. And Dave, you, you put, you've done this as well. Is it different because it's a different league? Like for us, when we're going on holiday, if we're going to the NHL, if we're going to Germany or Stockholm or anything like that, is it just, well, this is a bit different. This is a bit of a, an experience rather than, well, I, I definitely don't have any skin in this league, but I want to go for to watch the hockey. It's more difficult for us as well to make that because we're, we're, for us to make a, a journey to a game, um, we have to jump on a boat or a flight for our league. Mm. Um, I mean, so to, do that journey for as a bystander it's a bit, a bit tricky but we've done it for playoffs yeah i mean there's there is argument i get what you mean aaron in terms of you know if obviously if it's a if it's kind of that experience of experiencing a different league and kind of um experiencing what that league does for their games and stuff and i kind of get what you're coming from but if we think about like um obviously john's not here on the podcast and i'm sure he would probably say what i'm about to say but john i remember he was in i think he was nottingham for work one time or he was somewhere close to nottingham for work or something and i remember he had a hire car for work when he was he was living in it was whenever he was living in northern ireland and he was over um, over in Nottingham for like a conference or something with work and they hired him a car and I remember him taking the hire car do- driving down to see a Nottingham game and I think it was probably like I don't know who it was Nottingham versus let's just say Guildford I don't know who it was but it was no teams that he he didn't have any kind of you know he had no no, no skin in that game at all like there's nothing um, they, he had nothing there and there's been times where I've maybe been away for work um, in likes of um, Nottingham, uh, around Nottingham Birmingham those kind of places where it's not too far to get to somewhere and I think to myself well if there was a game on i would totally have went to a game um but it just hasn't happened to the point where there's been a game on whenever i've been over um but yeah i don't i don't know but i guess the question i suppose here was was there um is there an argument that people are saying well you know sheffield fans were definitely going down to nottingham and supporting nottingham there and um but i guess it, from the yes. point of view i guess from a point i guess from a point of view of like you know as i said you know, if, the, if Cardiff are the team they're up against, you know, if we were, if we were, if we were in, a, if we were put our, ourselves in those shoes, now I wouldn't possibly, I wouldn't go. I'm not saying I would go away to um, a game. Say, for example, if we, if Belfast was actually set in mainland England, um, so it was easy to get to other games. Okay, um, and we were in this spot where we were 
um, I had a close fight with one and two. At the moment, it's not really a close fight, but if it was a close fight, one and two. So take a, let's say, imagine it was last year, it was us against Guildford last year. It was a very close fight between us and Guildford last year. If I had seen that Guildford were playing an hour away from me against another team, um, be that a Sheffield, be that an Anima or Manchester, whatever that might be, would I have potentially gone to watch the game towards the end of the season to see if the other team could beat the team who were going to be up against me and were my Giants colours at that game? Probably. Yeah, yeah, I probably would. And the one thing I will What's say the is... saying that, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess the thing was, whenever the photographs that I've been seeing and the images I was seeing of like fans who were down representing Sheffield, they were there in their own colours. They were there in their Sheffield colours. Um and I guess you know, there's no harm. Um, I just think it's a really silly. But it's, I just think but it's, it's really it's when people are really giving really up about it, like, like they shouldn't they shouldn't be going to these games massively, massively. Yeah, 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 massively kicking off. But it, like it was ridiculous. Like some of the comments I was reading were ridiculous. Like people were like, you know, you should need to get your head checked if you're going to be going down and supporting them. Blah 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 blah. Like it was just really ridiculous things. And this is from the old fan base. This is from like the <laughs> Sheffield fans calling the other Sheffield fans for going down to Nottingham. It was just, and then it was all, also the same of Cardiff fans. Then basically, like, can you believe they're doing this? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Shit, housery. It's getting you riled yeah. up. It's like getting in your heads. Of course, it's going to work. It's great. Well, it's um, really an R as well. An R down the road isn't that far. No, yeah, it's yeah. really not. And you, they don't really necessarily, they could, they could live in between. Yeah. Could be 20 minutes down the road. You know. Could be. Yeah. Hockey's hockey. Could be. Hockey's hockey. hockey. Indeed. Um, guys, I think that's actually it for the stories for period one. Uh, we do have one penalty box, um, which we will cover now um, before we get stuck into period two. Um, I'm just going to add on a comment there before uh, we move on. Anthony, um, joining us again this, this week. Thank you very much. Uh, adult pays money to attend entertainment event. Clearly. And I'll get right. Get, yeah, shocking. <laughs> shocking. Um, um, as I said, we've got one penalty box um, thing, so we'll get stuck into that and we'll have a quick chat about that before we move on to our period two. Um, this is just before you one... start, Marty. I thought oh, that sorry. Anthony was talking about something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> it, it came through my head as well. That's why I was like, oh, <laughs> he's a he's a fan of watching uh, Northern Irish news these days. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> does he? <laughs> it's quite interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Japanese arms. Good one, Dave. Is, is like, good one. It's got a, it's got a secret camera in the Devonish. For, 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 um, for anybody in England who's seen the Devonish arms or the Devonish uh, tr- trending on X this past weekend, I'm sure they were just really confused. One, one, one um, I know it's kind of off topic, but one comment that I said, one, one topic that I seen it said oh, about, um, it was like so, someone said, someone said on on X when I came up, it said, uh, what is a what is a definish um, and why is Belfast trending? Good question. Um, <laughs> Anthony was just another one there. Uh, Dave, what do you do on a Wednesday night in East Belfast? It's your own business. Um, <laughs> I, I loved, I think I sent them to you, Northern Ireland tees were right on the, within ours having yeah. t-shirts with, with all the signs about the demos. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Well done, Northern Ireland tees. <laughs> 
<laughs> Senior man, the Devon ship was pretty funny. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, let's get, anyway, <laughs> let's get back on topic. Um, this week, uh, or last week, there at the end of last week, uh, Dops um, put out a um, statement for a three-game suspension for Nottingham Panthers Felix Para, number twenty-nine. Uh, the Coventry Blaze versus the Nottingham Panthers game on the fourth of February. He got three games for a headbutton. Um, video showed the play stopped in Coventry net and a small scrum ensues with players from both teams. After initial scrum dissipates, Parra engages McNulty through direct contact with his head, directly contacting McNulty in the visor face area, and it was deemed as head-butting. Um, he received no history, so uh, no no ad- additional added-on fines or bans for that, um, but he did receive three games for that head-butt con- head contact, um, and also probably a fine somewhere in there. Does it say anything about a fine? I don't know. Let's have a look. Yep, fine. Um, undisclosed time um guys have you seen the video for this one um what's your thoughts three games ban for a headbutt what do you think dave um it's, it's a sh- soft headbutt but it's the stupidest thing a player could could do like it's especially considering where the ref is you know he's sitting stand beside him um <laughs> it was sort of just it's just idiotic um like it, you're going to get a ban for that that's just as it is, it's you know, the same as using your uh, foot. You know, it's the considered a non-usable part of your body for for hockey. So sticking the head in, or sticking the knee in, or sticking the foot in, it's just not uh, not on. I like how you put yeah. it, Mario. Though head contact, I appreciate it is a head, but but uh, it, it's a soft one. I think I think the I think the I think the the biggest issue and the biggest reason for the suspension, in my opinion, probably came from the fact that McNulty um, didn't respond um, and didn't engage with it. Um, so it looked more like a one-way type affair, um, and I think that probably yeah. didn't help the, the the issue too much. Uh, I don't think that really helped with this with the case. Uh, but three games, um, probably that's is that that's on par? Probably, it's a bit weird. It seems a bit uh, it's heavier than some of the actual. Dangerous plays we've seen, but it's because it's completely uh, like shoot. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, that's what it is. That's the only one that's came out of Dops since our last podcast. Um, it seems to be quite light the last few weeks, um, which is probably either a good thing or it's uh, or it just means there's more to come later in the season. Who knows? Uh, um, who knows? Indeed. Um, that's it for period one. Um, that yeah that's it for period one so we'll just get stuck into our period two if that's okay with you guys hello and welcome to period two of hockey where we'll talk about ice hockey from everywhere in the world but the uk apart from the fact we're going to talk about the uk (laughs) 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 um marty so uh, as usual you've done uh, most of the, the the homework so i'll I'll hand it over to you for you to run through them and then we'll we'll go from there. Yeah, um yeah, just as you said there, um we did add the UK new this new K news story into international hockey because it technically is international play, so therefore that's why it falls within our period too. Uh but this is obviously Team GB advancing. Um on our last podcast, um I know Aaron, I think you're watching or at one point, I think, uh 
live while John was giving me live updates and my soul left my body. I think at one stage I think you could clearly <laughs> oh, that see. Was horrible. I, th- yes. I think there's a point I think there's a point in the I think there's a point if you go back and watch last the last podcast, um you watch it on YouTube, there's probably a point where you just see my face and you see my just you can just see it where it's like I just I've just lost the will and I'm just kinda like, right, let's just continue <laughs> with this. Um I We'll put out now, and I'll make a statement very loud and clear, and I probably shouldn't because it means John will make it worse, but those games, those epi- those episodes that fall on live um, like games, um, when John uh, is probably, I, I dread them. Um, so from now on, if you see me, if you see me put it into our calendar, guys, you want to change the date of the podcast to a different day? You know <laughs> the re- one of the reasons why is probably because there's a live game on. Um, but in saying that, we were keeping track of the Team GB uh, games, uh, or the game that was live last, uh, on the last podcast. Um, and that tournament ended, that Olympic qualifying round ended um, uh, with Great Britain securing their place to the final Olympic qualification round in August 2024. Um, GB um will be moving forward um to the next stages which will be the stages where we'll they'll travel to Alberg um in Denmark um and they will be playing against um well I suppose the next teams up um in relation to kind of securing that last spots into the uh, actual Olympic um winter olympics for 2026 um boys it's pretty exciting so, when you think about the group Sorry, was announced I think as well it was Japan um Denmark, Norway, and GB. Uh, I think. Yes, I know Japan and Denmark definitely, and I can't remember. I think that fourth. Um, Anthony, um, you can correct us now. You can put it in there for me. Thank you very much. Um, but yes, um, we do have um, we do have that to look forward to. I mean, coming back to kind of the comments you made at the start there, Dave. You know, you were talking when we were talking about the NHL. Obviously, seeing the NHL players um, coming back to the, the Olympics in twenty twenty six. It's it's going to be interesting to see if Team GB can qualify um, in Denmark um, and make it through to that that final those those Olympic uh, that Olympic round and coming into, straight into the Olympics. I mean, can you imagine um, you know the likes of um, like it's Austin Matthews? It's just crazy. What do you think uh, our our own Jackson Whistle blocking shots from Austin Matthews. Yeah, it'll be uh, be an interesting one. Uh, Davy Phillips taking OV to the boards, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it'll definitely be something to behold if it does happen. The obviously the next round, um, as we mentioned already, um, will take place in Denmark, um, and that will be taking place around August time, um, which means that they will have um, a few months then between then and also obviously the Olympics starting it, Winter Olympics starting, which probably I think is January twenty twenty. Is it January 2026? Um, so there's a bit of a big gap between 2024 and 2026, I guess. But um, do we feel that, you know, the build up, you know, high, I suppose the question I was going to ask was if, if, fingers crossed, touch wood, if Team GB are able to succeed and move through um, to the Olympics following these qualifiers um, in August 2024, um, what do we feel needs to happen or how do we feel that they maintain or kind of capitalize on that, I suppose, that success and to kind of bring them right through until um, almost a year and a half later where they will actually be sitting facing these NHL players and these um, high quality, high caliber teams in the uh, Winter Olympics? Dave? Um, GB needs to uh, a lot or sorry, the UK needs to a lot more time for GB play and um, that qualifier was an absolute travesty 
um, the the teams were going off and playing, missing these people, which meant that even if people wanted to watch GB play, they were sort of having to pick between GB and their team. Um, and some people's teams, Giants are a prime example, their team is more important to them than, than GB. But if it was at least if it was a dead weekend, people might decide to go away for it, you know, and, and go and watch it. Um, I, for one, would love to have went to see it, but I'm not going to go. F- no, it was a was the weekend I was away, so it wasn't like, um, so, you know, it doesn't really, uh, it wouldn't have worked for me, but it's just sort of, in general, not having these international breaks, um, it hurts the sport. <laughs> it puts GB on a, um, on a non-equal footing. Um, you know, Giants, for example, we lost four. Yeah, no. yeah. Plus, also, it's, then we also, yeah, we also lost others to other teams too. Um, don't forget, so it wasn't and, just uh, yeah. Festo yeah. went for a training camp or something. Um, yeah. you know, so it's um, yeah, it's it just it needs to have a um time allotted for it. May it be a weekend mid season um likes for that qualifier or even just a training uh break. They allow them to go and uh, and get together as a team um rather than. A week before a tournament or something silly um it needs to it needs to be really thought ahead but the, at the minute the way the elite league treats gb is there's there's almost no appetite for it um which is a shame i think it all I mean, goes back that- to what me and john have been after for for quite some time which is a a proper uh all-encompassing government governing body for for the uk um but that's never going to happen with the way the elite league is and it's boy old boys club well, let's put it in context. I don't even think it's it's not even just an elite league thing. I think the fact that like you know, um, the team GB have moved through to the next um, qualifying stage round. Um, you know, uh, the final qualifying stage round, and I don't think I heard or seen anything on mainstream media about the fact that like a team GB has been progressing forward. Um, and we've talked about this, I think several times. And I think we talked, me and Dave, Dave, me, I think me and you talked about this actually together at the game, uh, the Belfast Giants game there last weekend. And um, we talked about the fact like, you know, do we see, um, more money being put into, um, you know, Team GB ice hockey for um, Olympic, you know, moving forward for the Olympics, you know, is it going to be that August 2024 hits, Team GB qualifies for Winter Olympics and then all of a sudden then, um, you know, they wake up the, the like, the you know, government wakes up or the, the you know, sports, the- <laughs> funding bodies and government bodies all wake up and go, oh, okay, um, should more money be put into ice sports here in the UK? And I know they talked about, yeah, more money is being put into ice sports in the UK, blah, 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 and all that sort of thing. But it doesn't seem to be enough. Um, and I guess what is enough and I suppose how would they dis- determine how much more needs to be put in? But, you know, even to have some kind of like recognition of the fact that the team has done so well and moved to this point, you know, what's going to happen come August if they do qualify through? Are we going to see more of that? Are we going to see more promotion of it? Are we going to see more money being pumped in to help with moving forward? Who knows? Yeah, it, it's literally going to be a um, suck it and see almost, you know, because the, the the government at the moment have no um, sort of interest in in doing that, um, and at the minute it's just sort of you know the people here are in the no no, but everybody else doesn't. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, moving on from Team GB um, and sticking with our international stuff, um, 
we obviously had the final of the CHL um, take place this last week as well. Um, actually, took place this week. Sorry, we should say the twentieth of February. Um, uh, we seen the um, tr- European trophy, the CHL trophy, being lifted um, and won in twenty twenty four by Genevieve Servette, um, who have lifted it from Switzerland. Uh, they faced off against um, Skilvetta. Which is the Swedish Where's team? John I believe the Weezing. I know AIK, um, which is the Swedish club. I believe they're the ones who were here. Did we face off against them? I want to say I we did. So, yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. Um, but they became obviously Servette, um became the first Swiss club to win the what they called the modern iteration of the Champions Hockey League. And what they mean by that is obviously this new change of <laughs> format, which they moved into this year. Um, obviously, <laughs> had them the, the first Swedish. It's like the first team. <laughs> yeah. the first Swedish team it's like oh well Swiss, it's actually the first team Swiss team um, so yeah so they they were the, they were the modern iteration um, as they called it um, I guess it was a massive um, you know it was a solid crowd 7,135 um, people watched the game um, it's a game itself uh, yeah yeah it is um, it is a lovely trophy and um I, I, you know, for all the conversations and all the talk about, you know, we always talk about it every season about, you know, whether or not, um, you know, teams from GP, teams from UK should be entering into it. I always say, why not? Um, I don't imagine if Sheffield, I know Sheffield said, well, they made the right choice this year by not entering, uh, any European hockey because that way they've been able to focus on their domestic champion, their domestic league and therefore have won in the way the domestic league because they made that decision. And that's okay in saying that. And they can, you know, looking back now, they probably are saying, yeah, we made the right choice. Um, but do we see the, this time next, do we see, I suppose, when it comes to the end of this season, the Steelers have won the league and are offered a potentially a place in the CHL next year? Again, maybe offered a, a, a spot in the CHL because obviously it's not guaranteed. Um, but if they are offered a spot in the CHL as one of the, um, what did they call the teams that were brought, that came in? Um, I can't remember what they called them, you know, because they gave like four spots to, yeah. um, um, I suppose potluck kind of ones. Um, if they offer the Sheffield Steelers, do we see the Sheffield Steelers turning down? Can, yeah. Do we see the Sheffield Steelers turning down that opportunity if it's been handed to them next season? I hope not, Dave. Yeah. yeah. I really hope not. You would hope not at all because if they'd said no this season, if they do it and they've done, they've done as well as they have, then they may as well go on try to prove it even further. Uh, it's uh, going to the Champions League is more than just um, going to Europe. It, it's it's a, it's a big step. Some of these teams you're playing against are, are world renowned, and it's a chance to prove yourself on that stage. Will you always win? No, but will you always have a challenge? Hundred percent. Um, and the Giants have proved that it's possible to challenge in that environment as well. And it's, um, I, I think that any success on that level is um, is ideal. The more the um, the elite league can be seen in those global standings, the the better. That's exactly right. At what about. point do they, if we keep if teams from the AHL say AHL say no? Like, I would say. Uh, would they we'll just one chance, say, I don't know, I'm not going to offer it anymore. Yeah, I think it would be one chance. I, I would tend mm-hmm. to agree with you. I, I kind of think it's better it's better for the HL, the Elite League to be represented in the CHL. Um, whether or not we can compete to that level of, say, the, the example of um, these two teams who obviously finished in the in the final, um, you know, whether or not we can compete to that final 
is, is probably I'm not going to say I'm not going to be deluded and think we could that it's, that's a possibility anytime soon. But um, but as you say, Dave, to have the Elite League branding, the Elite League name, and UK hockey there and at least being represented in some ways even if it's like something as simple as like being on the in the nhl game you know something along those lines even kind of keeps the elite league and keeps uk hockey represented and i think that's very important so it'll be interesting to see next season if the if the sheffield Steelers are offered a spot if they will take that um i'd like to think they will um but you never know um stranger things have happened um yeah. keeping with the c keeping with the chl um there was one other thing that was announced this week from the chl um and that was post chl they always talk about things they do fan um polls and um i suppose they do best of the year so they decide on things like best forward of the year best goal of the year best player of the year blah blah blah, blah. um best goal of the 2023 2024 chl season was a Awarded to the Belfast Giants, Daniel Tedesco, um, for his beaut of a goal um, in the SSE Arena. Um, I can see why it's against Salzburg. Um, I can see why it was in the OT, um, and it was just one of those goals that, again, just sent the place rocketing. Um, the whole place erupted uh, when that goal was scored. Beautiful goal, but also, uh, I suppose, the, the resulting, um, I suppose, reactions, shall we say, probably also helped cement um, kind of what would be why that goal was so special. Um, and I, I have to say that the it wasn't just just the goal, but I think the setup even for that goal too, um, from Quentin Preston, I believe it was, um, I think that was also a thing of beauty too. Um, so, um, yeah, well-deserved. And I think that's probably a lot of Giants fans jumping in there and voting quite a lot. Um, um, which probably helped see that that kind of uh, that, that accolade, I suppose, for this season for Daniel Tedesco. So fair play to him. Um, last story, Dave, I have for you for this period is obviously this past week as well, um, or at the end of last week, so over the weekend, I think it was, um, the Pittsburgh Penguins um, held a almost 50-minute ceremony, shall we say, um, of uh, for a... Yamir Jagger, who had his jersey retired um, and his number retired, number 68, um, was retired and put up into the rafters for the Penguins. Um, obviously, there he won 11 seasons in Pittsburgh. Um, and I don't know if you've seen, did you see the, the video package and the, the, what they did for the uh, warm-up for this game? Um, did any of you catch it? I didn't so know. if you haven't yeah. if you haven't seen it go and find it we'll, I'll try and find the video and try and put the video up but if you haven't seen it what they did with the video for this um, for the entrance part of it was that they uh, had all of the players the current Penguins players um, skate out with Jaeger's number on um, on the back with wigs really bad mullet type <laughs> wigs on their heads uh, as they all skated they all skated out onto the ice um, and the last player to come on and to skate out onto the ice was Yammer Jaeger himself. Um, he skated out with his own jersey on um, and everything else. Um, <clears throat> we had a speech and uh, I guess, you know, he's one of those players who is a true, I suppose, uh, franchise name for the yeah. Penguins. Um, and I mean, you... I'll, I'll, I'll come to it. Mark um, had put through a question. I don't know if we're going to get to it, but Mark put through a question um, about the fact that, like, you know, is there any other team in the in the NHL and that can say they have a um, 
as big a, a lineup or big of names as the uh, Penguins have had over the course of their history. Um, you know, obviously he's made the case of the fact that, like, you know, you've got um, the Muir, you've got Jaeger, you've got Crosby, um, Lemo, uh, so you've got all these big, 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 big players who have had like hundreds of games played. I mean. It's it's well well played, and I think uh, if you haven't seen the video, go and watch it. It is pretty pretty good, pretty fun. But yeah, fifty minutes, guys, for a uh, for uh, uh, basically a, 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 it's almost giving Sheffield a run for their money for their opening. It's uh, it's almost as good as the the Preds doing the banner for everything. It must take them about fifty minutes every time they start a match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, it was definitely it was definitely worth it. There was a, a victory lap as well um, from Jaeger as well, um, and it was definitely a special few days and a, definitely a special night there in Pittsburgh. Um, and I'd say if you haven't seen it, we'll fire the uh, the video up. Um, I'll try and find it and I'll fire it up on our social media um, so you can see it. But yeah, it's pretty it's, it's worth it. Um, there is a video. There is a photo that came out um, this last few days um, of those key players um, from Pittsburgh. Um, uh, there's been a lot of arguments as well about whether or not the the lineup that the Pittsburgh Penguins have put out in terms of their uh, Mount Rushmore, if you will, uh, of players um, can be um, if there's any other team that can compete against it. And I would say probably the Oilers, probably the only other closest team um, who could maybe Kings, claim something maybe. just as big. Um, you know, the Oilers have had some major, major names and some major achievements there um, over the course of their history. Mm. Um and I would include the fact that you know you've obviously got McDavid now there. So um yeah, interesting. I'm sure that I'm sure I'm sure Mark will disagree, but um that's probably my take on it anyway. Um I think that's yeah, it. Uh, I'm sure uh knowing what we've seen from Jagger, I'm sure he was itching just to start that game, never mind anything else. Um but yeah, because he's probably wanting to keep that jersey on and get stuck in with the rest of the players. Um all right. I think that, yeah, that's all the bits. There's no overtime in this period, so we will move on swiftly to period three. Well, John not here. I'm assuming I'm on period three, Judy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> period three, what we always love to call generally general knocking news. Knocking news. Best. Good job, Aaron. Look at you You're catching up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> catching on. Oh, there's someone not here. I better do something. <laughs> so, Marty, I want to ask you with this one: How do you want to play period three? Because there's something going on with period three. This, this, or is that for later on? Is that fourteen for fourteen after period? Fourteen, fourteen. Three? Yeah, that's after period three. Yep. Don't worry. We'll come on to that later. Don't. Yeah, we'll come on to that. Don't oh. worry. Uh, yeah. No, we'll go. We'll get stuck into period three. Um. Again, I'm going to take over just because I put all the stuff in. So sorry, guys. Uh. Just yeah, my yeah, voice again. Um. We've got two main things I want to talk about. We're obviously the, the period three. Definitely, I'm thinking about having the rebrand that next season into this kind of like a a jersey period because for some reason the last few last few episodes we've done have been all about uh, jerseys and jersey designs, probably because of mostly probably the blame of the Belfast Giants, mostly for it. Um, <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll, we'll we talk about we, that. To be fair, we wore our, our teal one last weekend. It was amazing. We did. We did. We wore a teal jersey. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but to be fair, you've got, wore... one, you've got one story in here that's not jersey related. Yeah. Let's go with that one first. We'll go with that one first. Um, this is um, a story just because I've seen it. And uh, um, obviously one of the other big things that we love on this podcast is uh, dogs. Um, and this week, the Belfa- uh, the Nottingham Panthers. Um, today, actually, the Nottingham Panthers put out a story this morning. They, If anybody remembers, last year we talked about the fact that the Nottingham Panthers were supporting the local uh, 
um, guide dogs um, charity uh, in um, in Nottingham, um, and they as part of that they were taken on the uh, the they taken on a guide dog a representative guide dog for the team um and they put out a fan poll last year to decide on what the guide dog should be called following that vote last year the dog was decided they were going to name it after uh david alexander borgard who played obviously for the club between 2010 2013 um and they called the dog bo uh and bo for the first time visited the motorpoint arena after training this week um and there's a brilliant video uh he's a golden retriever um pup uh still in training um and he visited the uh, arena there this week for the first time and if you haven't seen it the video is well worth a watch because he is a beautiful happy boy um who gets on the ice and has just a great time we love 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 seeing the dog videos um and we you missed it last i think it was last week um aaron um you missed the video we put together where we were talking about the was it last week we were talking about the um the dogs of the um was it the oilers dog competition that they have i think it was oh, no the, yeah, yes yeah the, the, the dog board, yeah, the, yeah yeah the thing they have for their own their own skills competition type thing and they have the dogs on the ice um we talked about that in the last podcast um but yeah it's just another one but yeah if you haven't seen it go watch the video we'll we'll link it to on our social medias um it's even good fun. the thumbnail um, for the video meet Bo with Bo with that amazing big beautiful smile just makes you want to click on the, the video to watch it so i'll be doing um, that after this podcast for anybody who doesn't know, um, here in the UK, we do have uh, one main charity um, in the UK. It's the largest guide dog charity. It's the only guide dog charity um, in the UK um, in terms of training uh, dogs to work with blind and partially sighted people. Um, they uh, enable those with sight loss uh, across the UK to have their own freedom and independence and to live life to the best they can and to keep as independent as possible can uh, in the most safest way as possible. Um, the dogs here are trained um, on lead walking, um, on guiding specific routes, um, and they're highly skilled and trained over the course of um, well, a couple of a couple of years, if you will. Um, it's not straight away; it doesn't happen straight away. Um, and they are paired with uh, people based on um, the person's need for the dog, but also the person's lifestyle um person's ability everything you can think of is all taken into account before they compare a dog with a person um so it is great to see and if you are interested we will also add some links to guide dogs charity um as well um in case you want to follow um some guide dogs and if you want to donate yourself to guide dogs um we'll add that on um hopefully my own charity organization doesn't hear me <laughs> promoting another <laughs> charity another plan for finding promoting the enemy promoting that promoting the enemy uh, we're all we all work yeah. together in the inside loss effect oh yeah okay. sure, sure, sure you used to okay. okay um but yeah brilliant um bo is a beautiful dog um so yes Uh, one of my one of the highlights i will say though the one of the highlights of my work day is if i'm in work and um if one of the um if someone comes in with their guide dog um you you just know straight away i'm over being like hi how are you oh you got a guide dog i see oh nice can i can i pet your pet can i I pet him can i play with him and usually you'll find me on the floor and get the guide dog normally um which is pretty pretty normal for my day my day of work if there's a guy around. I've seen um, the best video with the guide dog in it. 
um, recently there, and it was showing the uh, the difference between when the guide dog's harness is on and when the guide dog's harness is off. And oh, the guy, gosh. the guy was walking in, got into his house, and he took the harness off, and the dog stole his shoe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we uh, there's um, there's a, a, um, a, a a lady who works who used to work with me um, who had a guide dog, and she would bring the guide dog in, and exactly the same as you as you were saying there, Dave, when the guide dog had its harness on beautifully behaved dog i mean immaculately behaved didn't didn't stray from its task didn't stray off a line stayed exactly doing what it needed to do but as soon as the dog's harness was taken off and if it was around lunchtime in our office that dog was straight over being like oh what have you got there i can sell something i can sell some lunch there uh, are you going to share with me um and there was one day where it was all like uh she came out of one of the offices and said martin would you mind looking after what i'm in this meeting and i was like yeah of course not a worries not a worries and i and she had to go back and be like yeah um yeah do you want to come out and just just check and see because it was it was honestly it was just going mental it was uh it was fun but yeah it's strange how just as soon as that harness goes on perfectly behaved but yes go check out guide dogs and we'll add the link to that too um so i got distracted again by dogs um the other story or the other thing that we enjoy on this podcast as we mentioned or it was a good is a good jersey and i'm gonna quickly share this week's batch of jerseys with you guys we're going to start off um with the jersey that's probably caused maybe this the, the most controversy shall we say this week um the belfast giants announced about two weeks ago that they were going to have through a cryptic um social media post they put out to say that they were going to have a themed night um which is coming this coming weekend this saturday um and it is a um cowboy night I believe is the is the official um theme of the night. Um other people have called it the the Bomber Appreciation Night, um, because Jeff Baum and his dad are quite well known for 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 quite like an Stetson and um the, the kind of country life anyway. Um and as part of this weekend, I mean let me just take off that branding so it doesn't so it looks right. Um as part of this weekend's uh festivities, they have put together this jersey um and they've released it this today as of officially released it today the design for the jersey for this coming weekend now i seen someone uh on x earlier on before i came onto the podcast i put together a list of uh the jerseys that the belfast giants have put out this season and i would agree that if you look at the list in black and white on paper it looks quite extensive about the number of jerseys the Giants have put out this season. Um, and I will sound like a hypocrite because about probably about two podcasts ago, we were talking also about the Belfast Giants picking out jerseys for um, Chinese New Year. And we were talking about the Giants picking out jerseys for the, I think it was the Cancer Awareness Night or the, I think was it one of the cancer charities that they were supporting as well that same weekend. Um, and my argument on those were the fact that like whenever it's those kind of jerseys and we're talking about like the, the Chinese New Year, those jerseys, we knew that the funding and stuff was going to... Um, local charities around Northern Ireland and, and need it and charities that could that really do require um, help and support because um, they do great things. Some people then argued about, well, this isn't the charity for this jersey and this jersey, the money from this is going into the Giants' pocket. Uh, um, therefore, maybe kind of help with bigger name players next season. I don't know. Um, but first off, I, I kind of want to get your thoughts first off on the jersey itself. And then secondly, I want to get your thoughts on the fact that we do continue to see these special special edition in inverted common jerseys um common um dave let's go with you first when you've seen this i know you were kind of disappointed 
Yeah, um, okay, it's, it's not a bad jersey, but I had my heart set on double denim. I was expecting denim jacket with a denim waistcoat and a denim uh, shorts, the whole shebang, um, sort of modern cowboy rather than classic cowboy. Um, I thought it was going to be something like that. No, I, I don't. I don't hate it. Um, it's uh, that you know, catchphrase. You say what you see. It's a cowboy jersey. You know, it's all right. It's a bit. <laughs> it's a bit more um, um, sheriff Woody. Oh, yeah. Then, I was gonna say it's, um, it's, it's Toy Story, right? <laughs> yeah, then then sort of Clint Eastwood or whatever, you know. It's, um, it's but yeah, that's all right. It's Toy Story meets Sean McMorrow, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. it. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think when people seen this and they seen the sheriff's badge show, I think a lot of people were just like, "Oh, is, is Sean McMorrow coming back for one night only?" Um, yeah. And I, I see, I, you uh, know what? I seen a friend of the show turn around and say that a certain substance was back on the menu. <laughs> Well, I did see that also. I did see that. Um, yeah. Last we talk about that, the better. But yes. But, uh, um, are we going to say what John's uh, reaction was to it? Uh, John loved it. Absolutely. Loved it. He loved it. Really? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, nice said, song, he said, out of all the jerks. Yeah. Jer- yeah. Yeah. He said, out of all the jerseys ever been created by the Belfast Giants, this is probably his favorite one out of them all. Yeah. Yeah. He's even trying to get us mm-hmm. to buy yep. tickets and everything to try and win one. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's, I think he's probably going to send. He's probably going to send me like thirty or forty quid, probably a Monzo over the weekend to kind of get him some, um, yeah. some, um, some sheriff back tickets. Um, I think John could pull this off. Yeah, I, I think, I think John so. Could pull that jersey off. Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. John owns that outfit, just not as a jersey. I mean, yeah. So he wears and he goes out into the countryside. I, I, get well, I was talking about. I was talking about. He was wearing it over um, in East Belfast. You know, the, the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, oh. No, it's okay. Um, as I was just saying, um, <laughs> it's one of those jerseys that, like, I think uh, to steal from. Um, I was watching a few from the bridge a few weeks back, um, and to steal from from uh, a, a comment that um, Todd Kelman had made um, in relation to. We'll go back to the fact that we're talking about the chains and and stuff that the Cardiff put it this year. Um, there is a bit of an argument where people were saying, "Well, uh, he he made Tom, Todd made a made a comment to say, when did it become a point where like." hockey fans in the uk lost their sense of humor um and you know took themselves so seriously that something as innocent as like that chain which they kind of thought would put some smiles on people's faces or this uh hardy partner jersey um that has been created by the belfast giants like why are people so up in arms but and there has been some mixed reaction and some massively negative reactions online today whenever they've seen the jersey but also a lot of um arguments about you know the uniqueness, I suppose, of play of game worn jerseys and unique style jerseys. Whenever there's just so many, um, and mm. there is a bit of a, <coughs> a question around. And, and Dave, you joked around about there. We were wearing our teal jerseys for the first time there the other day. Um, it's it's another jersey that will follow, and another jersey will it will come in March, and we know there's going to be another weekend coming in March where another uh, special edition jersey because we're going to show two of them in a minute. Um, will will appear for the Belfast Giants as well for that one. Um. Do you think there is a point where enough is enough and there's too many special edition jerseys have been created? Um, no. Um, I, was, I was about to say, you're, I think you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> I was, taking, I was taking, sto- taking stock of my special edition jerseys, um, but no, I, I'm a, I, 
I'm sort of with sort of with Todd. You know, if um, it's it doesn't hurt anyone. No one's making anybody buy these items. Um, it makes the home jersey maybe a little bit more special. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, if you if yeah. you own a if you own a game worn, you know it's it's a little bit more mm. special. It's not one given out every week. Um, and uh, yes, you you do like to see your team wear their home jersey, um, but a bit of fun. It's not uh, it's not hurting anybody. It's a nice wee design, and it's not just the elite league. Um, there's an awful lot of leagues um, across the across the world are doing theme nights. I think the lot the difference being is a lot of the theme nights would be warm up jerseys. Um, but then there's a, um, a sort of a flip on that is then people are still bidding on these warm-up jerseys or the wild, for example, is wearing a, um, is not even wearing because of the ban, the black history months, uh, jersey, which they're not even wearing because of the, the NHL ruling. Um, but they're still auctioning mm. them and they're still yeah. auctioning them for an awful lot of money. Um, at least they're. I know that this isn't for a particular cause or anything. This is just for a bit of fun. But at least they're wearing them. And whenever you win it, you've won a game worn. It's a piece of memorabilia that'll never be made again. I think what you said there, Dave, <clears throat> is exactly my thoughts in terms of it's not harming anyone. And people, they're adult. And again, still going back to what Anthony said earlier on. Um, adults spending their money on whatever they want to spend their money on. It's, yep. This is another case of that. If someone wants to part money for this jersey, like it's a bit like Oktoberfest earlier this season. I love the Oktoberfest jerseys. I thought they were just completely yep. over the top and I love them. Um, and I just think, you know, people will spend their money on it. And at the end of the day, uh, and you can, you can argue differently if you want, but we, we talk about this all the time about how our, our league has to, our, each team and our league isn't, isn't swimming in money. It's not swimming in cash. And if you do want to, um, you know, keep your team float, if you want to entice players in, quality players in, you need to have a bit of money in order to do such things. And, you know, what's the harm in, you know, if people are happy enough to part with their money and they know what they're parting their money for and, you know, they're getting something out of it that's exclusive and a, like a, a little bit of memorabilia that's unique, as you say, what's the harm? Um, I don't see any harm in it. And I think, you know, if you can make a bit of extra money for your team and, and that's the way to do it, then do it. And I like the fact that the Giants are clear about the fact that like, if it is a jersey that is for charity, then they're clear about this money this week is going to yeah. X charity. Um, yeah. This one we know is not going to charity. This one is going into the Giants' pocket. Um, yeah. And that's fine. Which is fine. fine. Um, There's no ambiguity. No, yeah. But again, yeah, it's, it's clear. It's transparent. No. And that, what you're saying, Marty, is honestly what I, what I was just going to say. It's, just, it's either supporting the team or supporting charity. Plus, yep. you've got to keep doing it because if you're going to rename this this or redo period three to be jerseys only, then <laughs> we need them to keep it up next year to do, you know. Be one every jerseys. two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Because if they don't, if the Jazz don't do it, then at least the league will give us reasons to create jerseys anyway and that brings me swiftly on to our next two jerseys which were released this week uh the first one coming out of coventry today um as we probably as you might know um if you're here in the uk the elite league will be holding their annual um 
retro <clears throat> in inverted commas i'm going to call it a heritage jersey whatever way you want whatever way you want to call it i think some some people call it retro weekend and some people call it heritage weekend um but i think it's officially classed by the elite league as retro weekend uh the elite league's retro weekend i think takes place this year on the 9th and 10th of march so uh two weeks time um, and the Coventry Blaze will be wearing this jersey, um, which is a play on their, I want to say, is it their anniversary jersey? <laughs> their, um, <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> the league winning season 2009-2010 jersey. Um, so it's a throwback to that jersey, and that's what they've created. So they've created a new style version of that jersey from that season. Um, which looks like mm. this. I mean, it's Coventry colors, it's Coventry thing, and it looks like any other Coventry jersey. D- does it look retro? I don't know. Um, it doesn't look like it's got the old logo on it. True. That's very true. Um, and it's being created by someone different, a different brand, I suppose, a different um, jersey provider is created at this time. Um, so this is the, the Coventry take on it. Sheffield have also put theirs out. Oh, sorry, Sheffield have put theirs out. And this is the Sheffield one. So Sheffield have went for what they're calling their 1997 season look. So this is a proper retro throwback to 1997. Um, One thing I will say is... In 97? Instead of blue. What? Should it not have been teal? I think it is. I think it is. I think it is teal. Um, I think it just looks a bit blue on the screen there. But um, I think the, the... I think the quality itself, when you look at the actual image itself, I think um, the one that they put out um, on social media, it looks more teal on their on ah. their social media um, one. It does look quite teal, actually. Um, ask. The one thing I will say is, and I said this about the Sheffield Steelers last season, Sheffield Steelers last season, their retro jersey last season was spot on. It was great. I really liked yeah. their, their one last season. And I think they've done the same again this season. I think they've done uh, like went really well. And I really like it. I think they have properly embraced the whole idea of their retro throwbacks. Um, let's not talk about my disappointment from last season um, with the Belfast Giants. My only hope is that if the Belfast Giants um, continue the trend, hopefully, um, hopefully they'll they'll do something more bold this year um, with their retro jersey and maybe create more of a retro look. Um, maybe a throwback to the old logo. Don't know, maybe. Um, doubt it. But um, as I always say, as I said before, if a retro jersey could just be an old jersey look. But with the new Giants, the new Giants logo, perfect, great. Um, you're on the winner. Um, just not this Belfast. Um, yeah, I don't like font with the with the random jersey design, which has no rep, which has no reference to any of our history. Um, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. But um, we'll see what happens because I'm sure we will see those by our time it comes to our next podcast that the the other uh other eight teams will have put out their their their, their retro night um jerseys and we'll look forward to those so expect another uh jersey watch come next next episode I agree with that um, Sheffield one is is really nice they've hit the nail on the head um, and you if you go online and and google like their their jersey in 97 it's it's fairly damn close Oh yeah, no, it's spot on. It is spot on. Um, it's yeah. it's that's exactly. Um, I think again, that's why I said it was like last season. They 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 knocked it out of the park last season, and I think they've done the same again this year. Um, will it be the best one? Who knows? Um, it was definitely the best one last year. Um, so, um, I wouldn't put past them to maybe do something again this year, which is just probably better than most other people. To be fair, um, it's weird giving them compliments so much, but yeah, it's a it's a compliment. Um, I think that's it. Let me just check our running order and make sure. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I'm going to continue on then, Aaron, if that's okay. 
Um, as always, um, we well, not as always, but this week we do see a, we do have, which we're glad to say, we have another fourteen with fourteen interview. Um, unfortunately, John couldn't be here for this week's episode to introduce this, but this was a interview that has been in the making since I want to say early December time. I think we put the feelers out. There was a conversation had um, with this person in this interview and he was all for it, jumped in. And I there's think... A, there's uh, a, actually a discussion with him at the end of last season. Yes. See if he'd be up for it. And then it came back around when we started the 14 and 14. Yeah, we were... The intention was to try and have him on uh, in January is the first uh, 14 with 14 in January come after, just after the Christmas period. But unfortunately, uh, at the time, there was a lot of changes going on and I think there was a few... Uh, um, roster changes for this team, uh, which required his attention because he's quite an important person for that team. Um, 14 with 14 this week uh, is the head coach and general manager of Worcester Raiders, Jordan Lavelle Smotherman, uh, best known in the late league as a former number 14 for the Belfast Giants. Um, so without further ado, let's stick it on and get stuck into this week's 14 with 14. <sighs> I'm very pleased to welcome to Door 14 Hockey and 14 with 14, an Oregon native and current head coach and general manager in the ECHL with the Worcester Railers. In a career spanning 20 years in the game, as a player he had stints in the AHL with the Chicago Wolves, the Syracuse Crunch and the Providence Bruins. A 2005 draft pick by the Atlanta Thrashers would lead to four games in the NHL before he'd then spend time in Europe playing across Denmark, Sweden, Germany and towards the latter part of his playing career, the EIHL as Belfast Giants number 14. A Memorial Cup, Calder Cup, EIHL League and Challenge Cup champion, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Lavalie Smotherman. Jordan, thank you for agreeing to come on. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good job. Thanks for having me. Uh, 14 with 14 is where we try to get to know more about the people behind the number 14 across the game, both on and off the ice. Um, it's to give a different kind of insight and perspective for fans uh, for sort of who these people behind the, the numbers and the jerseys are. Uh, and Jordan, with your experience now being behind the bench, uh, hopefully this will be an insightful look into you and your career. If you're up for it, I'll get started with the first question. Yeah, sounds great. So first things first, it's like a little icebreaker question um, that I ask everyone. What's your go-to coffee order? Oh, I usually just go black in the morning, uh, and then my afternoon usually involves uh, frost almond milk. Nice. Uh, so it's amazing how many players I've spoken to are, are non-dairy. Uh, it seems to be a, a thing across the board. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, we don't get along, dairy and I. So I, I tend to avoid it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm I'm the same. Me and dairy don't get along. Yeah. Jordan, you've worn the number 14 for a number of teams throughout your career. Uh, it wasn't your only number, we should point out, though, but was there any special significance to the number 14 popping up time and time again? Uh, there wasn't at first. Um, I, I had worn Steen Jr. Uh, that's the number I wore when I won a Memorial Cup, um, but it was uh, a retired number in Chicago in the American League where I started my pro career. Uh, and so I just switched to 14. Uh, I was lucky enough to win a championship there in 14. Uh, and then several years later, uh, won another one in Sweden wearing 14. And so it just kind of stuck in is my lucky number and then uh, of course my my first year in, in belfast uh winning two cups in it um it definitely uh it is what i wear and what i will continue to wear when, when i play in my men's league now in retirement <laughs> uh, so 
how did you get your start in the game then? How does young Jordan Lavallee Smallerman start his hockey journey and become, I think it's probably fair to say, and your elite prospects would say this as well, the most successful player to come out of Corvallis, Oregon? <laughs> um, so for me, uh, growing up, my, my brother was uh, no idea everything that he had to do. And, um, and so when he started playing hockey, I had to play hockey and I had to be better than him at everything he did. So, uh, I think uh, subconsciously he pushed me to be a, a better player and that's how I ended up in, in hockey for so long. Uh, you're a busy man these days, not running just the bench, but also the back room in Worcester. Um, how do you switch off from all that and relax or given your, your role now, is that even an option? <laughs> what, is, what does it mean to switch off and relax? Um, it doesn't happen often. Uh, our schedule is set up in a way that typically, you know, one day off. Uh, and, and I try as much as I possibly can to, to take that day for myself or at least the first six or seven hours of it when we get up. And... Oh, lost you there for a second, but you're back. Um, who, who or what do you think has been the biggest influence on your hockey career? It's an interesting question. I, uh, if I had to say, it would probably be my family. Um, I think just the support that they gave me through my entire career, um, all the way up through now the beginning of my coaching career, they, they still come to my games and um, they, they still uh, you know root for the, the teams that I'm a part of. And so I, I would have to say that, that they've had the greatest influence on putting me through this, this long hockey career. Yeah, it's another similarity, I think, with uh, with other guys that I've spoken to. His family seems to be the the main reason why guys get into the game and, and why they tend to be successful is uh, the people around them and the support network that that creates. Thinking back to your playing career then as one of the guys in the locker room, if you were in charge of pre-game music in the room, what <laughs> are you what are you playing to hype the guys up ready for the game? Oh, that I so I was for a long time. I, I ran the music my last year in Belfast. I was I was on music last year playing here in Worcester. I was on the music. It really depends on the group. Um, Belfast guys liked a little more rap before the game. Um, most teams tend to lean towards the the house music remixes and things like that. Um, but there's a science to it. Um, I don't think many people understand it. Uh, it takes some some preparation time, and there's a lot of timing involved in it. Uh, it's actually uh, it's it's a it's a thankless job as well. Um, you know, you get 22 guys in the room before practice or before every game that uh, you can't please every single one of them. So everybody's uh, everybody's a critic, and they definitely let you know, and they don't like what you're playing. Um, Jordan, I rattled off some of your achievements at the start of the interview there and fans across North America and Europe will all have a core memory that they remember you for for many Belfast fans it was the you announcing your arrival with that overtime goal in the Challenge Cup final in Cardiff against Guildford uh, one that I know that my podcast buddy Marty especially misses you in Belfast for <laughs> but over a playing career spanning 20 years as a player and a fledgling coaching and management career. Has there been a standout highlight moment for you? It's hard, it's, it's hard to pick one. Um, I've, I've been fortunate in my career to be a part of uh, some really good hockey teams. Um, so on a, on a team, level, the, you know, all the championships that I've, I've managed to win sit right there with each other. Um, on a, an individual level, obviously playing my first NHL game, um, realizing a dream that I'd had since I was a little kid. Um, my first NHL goal is right up there. Um, and then obviously that challenge cup overtime winner right up there. Anytime you, you are the guy that scores the goal to win a championship, um, especially in a city as, as special as Belfast and where the team means so much to the people, um, it, 
it that one is is definitely right up there in my my top three for sure amazing you're you're only a few years into your coaching career now uh having recently i think around christmas time notched your 100th game coach in the railers um and i think most of the congratulatory comments for that came from uh belfast fans actually on social media um you started that journey in coaching and management i believe in belfast as a player assistant coach as part of adam keith's team um and now like i said earlier you're not just running the bench but you're running the organization you're running the back room in worcester too how are you finding that change and is that a direction that you always saw your career heading in uh, it was. Um, I, I had some health happen, you know, back in 2015, 16, I think it was, that um, kind of forced me to think about what life after playing would look like. Um, and I got the opportunity to step in as an assistant coach at the end of a season in Manchester in the, in the East Coast League um, and fell in love with it. Uh, from that point on, um, started doing a lot of reading and studying and networking. Um, to start preparing for what eventually would become uh, where we're now. Um, sticking with the EIHL, a little connected question, if you like, or a couple of connected questions on this. Back in mid-December, you signed John Muse, formerly of the Sheffield Steelers and the Glasgow Clan. Is the EIHL a league that you still keep tabs on and keep connections with, or was bringing John on board through other connections? Uh, kind of a, a little bit of both. Um, so he is actually friends with the former Belfast teammate of mine, Bobby Farnham, um, who reached out to me at the beginning of the year um, and mentioned that John was looking for a place to play a season. Uh, at the time, we had two um, NHL contracted goalies from the Islanders with us here in Worcester. We didn't have room. Um, so I, I had kind of dismissed it, but then we had one, um, with an injury, uh, that put him out for the rest of the season and, uh, another one that had been called up and we needed a, a capable veteran goalie. Um, and John has stepped in and been fantastic for us. I think he's maybe nine and four or 10 and four, something like that since he arrived, um, with, uh, you know, like a, a nine one Oh save percentage and, um, has been a fantastic addition to our room. So, uh, I definitely do still keep tabs on the IHL. I, I get the giant score almost every day, um, to see how they're doing and, and try and tune in whenever I can. Um, but, uh, no, that was, that was kind of a combination. And linked to that then when you took the step over to Worcester in 2021, 22, then you played a season with Will Cullen who then the following season would move over to Belfast and then this season was a, a mid-season re-signing for Belfast. Was there conversations in the room between you and Will when he made that original decision to head over to Belfast? Yeah, you know, I had actually spoken with uh, with Adam about that as well. Um, we had had conversations about Will as a, a player and a teammate, and uh, Will also reached out to me when, when Belfast was interested. Um, and so I, I oftentimes will have conversations with Adam. He likes to ask about players that are playing within our division that we see a lot um, and we pass names back and forth and we can and try and help each other out um, but Will was was definitely a, a part of that discussion so um, I'm happy to see that uh, he ended there one championship there and is now back there again yeah and he, he's been a big uh, big influence coming back into the team this season as well Jordan, having a, a team that gel well together and can work as well all the machine is something that will be really high on your agenda these days as uh, head coach. If you're planning a sort of team day away from the, the rink, away from the ice to help the guys come together, what sort of thing would you tend to have them do? 
Uh, it, it varies. Um, you know, we just look for different fun activities. I always love a good, good team golf tournament. Um, especially because you force the guys that don't golf to get out there and, and make an ass themselves a little bit, which always gets guys laughing. Um, and anything that is playfully competitive, I think is uh, a really good team activity because, um, you know, it gets the guys working together. It gets them communicating. Um, there are a number of really cool places and areas, uh, around, uh, the Boston area that, you know, we look to, to, to take guys, um, for, whether it be, you know, escape room type stuff or little team building challenges, things like that. Anything that anything that gets them working together in, in a collaborative um, fashion is, is what we look for in, in our team building days. Nice. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a little bit about the railer season while I've got you here. Um, it's yeah, been probably fair to say a mixed bag so far. At the minute, you're lying just outside of playoff positions. Um what are you asking from the guys in the room at the minute? They've got a couple of months left of uh, the season before postseason. Postseason hockey's on the line, and you've got big games on the horizon against the likes of Orlando and Florida uh, lying ahead of yep. you. What are you asking uh, of the guys in the locker room uh, in that run-in? Currently, really just asking the guys to stay the course. Uh, we've been playing some fantastic hockey lately. Um, I mean, even last night we lost the game three two that we, uh, in my mind, did not deserve to lose. Um, we've got games for the most part, um, and, and we're really happy with where we're at in our process. You know, the, the East Coast Hockey League is a very long, long season, uh, and it's about growth as you go through the season. Um, as an organization this year and as a team, we took tremendous steps in um, fixing a lot of the things that we needed to fix last year and, and previous years. Um, and so we, we like where we're sitting right now. Um, we feel like we're a team on the rise. Um, we've had the same group of guys for um, pretty much the start of the year until now. Um, there are not many teams in this league that can say that they have 21 guys on their roster that they had in their training. Um, so for us, I feel like we have that advantage of, of cotton, yeah, continuity. Um, and that as we continue to move towards playoffs, we're going to continue to get stronger. Amazing. Looking again off the ice and looking at you, Jordan, um, do you have a, a go-to movie or TV show that you'll binge or you'll watch again and again <laughs> to try and help you unwind and try and take your, your mind off the hockey sometimes? Uh, it's funny. I have my two or three shows that I throw on in the background when I'm, when I'm cutting video um, after games to help me stay calm. Um, uh, Modern Family is one of them. How I Met Your Mother is another one. Seinfeld is, is usually a big go-to of mine. Um, anything light that uh, that will help me kind of relax and, like you said, wind down. Keep the blood pressure down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what about pregame then for you, Jordan? What does the day, the build up on the day to a, a game for the Railers as a coach and a GM look like? It's been said players are, uh, hockey players especially, are creatures of habit. So is there anything that's kind of followed you from your playing career into your, your coaching career that you, things that you just have to do in the run up to a game? Uh, there were most of them involved kind of my eating rituals around the game, which I learned very quickly. I couldn't do now that I wasn't playing. Uh, but, uh, it, uh, it, it is, I mean, it is all about routine. Uh, for me as a, a coach now, I, I have my morning routine. I, I wake up, I have my game day breakfast. Um, I have the things that I go through video wise in the morning. Um, we have our, our pregame skate, um, and then all of our meetings are, are scheduled throughout the day. Um, but uh, definitely still a creature of habit. Yeah, there's there's no there's no question about that. 
Um, I said earlier on, Jordan, you're an Oregon native. You've spent time in various parts of the US and Canada during your career, and now you're managing an NHL affiliate team. So this might be a loaded question. Do you have an NHL team that you follow or that you grew up following? And if so, why them? So I, I grew up a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Um, both my parents grew up in the Chicago area. Uh, one of their first dates was at a Chicago Blackhawks game. Um, so I have been Chicago sports through and through for my life. Um, as far as the Blackhawks, uh, once I started playing, uh, it was probably my second, third year junior uh, going into my draft year where uh, I watched hockey more to just watch hockey than uh, than watch it as a fan. Um, so I always like when the Blackhawks do well, um, but I'd say I'm more just a fan of watching the NHL than else. Uh, if you said Islanders, I was going to ask you if you were contractually obliged <laughs> to say that, but uh, you didn't, so we can, we can skip that one. Yeah. Um, to wrap up then uh, there's one final question that I've been asking asking everyone and it's if you could go back and give 10 year old you a single piece of advice what do you think it would be? Uh, there's a lot of advice I would give 10 year old me <laughs> um, you know it is uh, it's, it's, it's the advice that I I tend to give my players. Now, my, my life was hockey dominated. So my, my advice going back to 10 year old me is probably going to be to how to make my career even a little bit better than it ended up for me. Um, and it would, uh, the advice I give these guys here is, is that be the best where you are. Um, don't worry about the next step. Um, and for me as a coach, it's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm trying to figure out how to be the best at this level before I even start to think about where my coaching career could take me. Um, and that's a, a big mistake made in my career and a big mistake that I see a lot of these guys make is they, they think they should be at that next level and they don't do the little things where they're at to be the best there uh, to prepare them for that next level. So that's, that's what I think I'd tell 10-year-old me and, and maybe put in a little more time in the gym in the office off season and, and, and being in better shape that would have made a difference for me <laughs> <laughs> Jordan massive thank you very much for giving up your time I know you're on the road at the minute um, and giving us an insight into yourself both on and off the ice and good luck with the Railers for the rest of the season thank you very much John I appreciate you having me and thank you so much to uh, Jordan for uh joining us uh, for the podcast this week um i know the uh john couldn't be here and uh, john wants us to send his also his um you know thanks as well to the um raiders organization for giving us the time to uh, have a chat with uh jordan we know he's very busy um and we really do appreciate it um it's great to see him um i'm glad that uh John kind of threw my name in there too. Um, we're, we're all massive fans of Smotherman. Um, and I know myself, I know uh, I was a huge fan of Smo. And whenever it was nice that he was leaving, um, I was I was devastated when he was going. Um, yeah. uh, I can't um, believe that he did call see, it's, it's good to hear from him. And <laughs> I, I know. I, I, yeah, I vice prize myself. Um, but it was it was good to, see, good to hear from him and good to hear uh, his stories and then kind of catch up. And um, yeah, fair play, fair play, John, for, for getting that organized and, and finally uh, nailing it down. Did Snow just, uh, just describe the perfect uh, neutral at a hockey game? Bringing it back yeah. to a question that you asked in period one, when, um, he, he talked about just enjoying hockey for hockey. 
Yeah. Sounds yeah, like a, yeah. Big circle. A good way to be, big circle. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Dave, go ahead. <laughs> did, did anybody see on X um, that he met a group of Giants fans that were at a Worcester game? It's just yep. shows you the shows you the caliber of the man. That's just the all I need to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing I will mention, um, just because um, I did see it today, um, and I kind of wanted to mention because it it's another one of my a big um, fan favorite of mine, is that the realers do have a themed because we were talking about themed nights earlier. The uh, the realers do have a themed night coming up at the start of March, and they have on Saturday, the March the second, they have their Wizarding World of Worcester um, game night, um, which is a Harry Potter themed night. Um, asking everyone to dress up in their Harry Potter outfits. Um, there'll be contest prizes, and I'm going to guess a jersey of some description. Um, and I'm going to keep my eye on that see what that looks like. And bobbleheads as well. Bobble- um, Special themed bobbleheads. I want an ice hockey Harry Potter themed bobblehead. That sounds like the most unique <laughs> thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, that's that, again another thing that brings us full circle around because we talked about themes as well on this podcast and we're just talking about another theme. And for this podcast, then boys that is it um we want to thank everyone for continuing to listen to the podcast week in week out and watching uh the youtube version if that's your thing um if you haven't done so already um join us on our social media channels we're on all social media we're on x Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and also John does like to do the on TikTok. Uh, we're at Door 14, uh, Door 14 Hockey on that. Uh, check out our YouTube channel, subscribe, and all that stuff, which is down somewhere, probably over this way, somewhere, pointing somewhere, yep, somewhere buttons here subscribe if you haven't done so already um and if your usual way of listening to our podcast is um old-fashioned podcast which is the way we have always started how it started what our podcast has always been funny that uh don't forget to subscribe like comment rate whatever it is on your podcast provider of choice because it really does help uh, in the long run it gets us put out there and gets other people to see us and see our our, our podcast um, and we thank everyone who has done that so far um Boys, I think that's it. Oh, last thing to say is obviously uh, other podcasts on this podcast are on our website at door14hockey.com. So you can check them all out as well. And I think that's it in terms of all of our social media channels. Did I forget anything? I don't think so. Nope. Okay. Great. Uh, <laughs> with that, then we will sign off for this week. Uh, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm Art. Have a great week.